0: chaos comes, it's a chance to be initiated.
1: You know, thinking that the United States and its ideas in church have come closest to reflecting reality is like thinking Iceland is the basketball capital of the world.
2: It's actually a psychological disorder. F-O-M-O.
3: Fear of missing out. When a man becomes who he was made to be by God, Every day is adventure. Hey guys, welcome back to the Ensons Podcast. I'm Sam Eldridge, and Blaine Eldridge is here as well. Uh, This week, we got to sit down with, well, virtually sit down anyway, with Chris Skaggs and John Burquist, who together form part of the founding team of Soma Games. John reached out to me a little while ago, um, kind of in response to one of the podcasts we just done on rest and on letting go, because Soma Games is a video game company founded by guys who love Jesus and have a wild story in the ways that that has unfolded.
1: This conversation could have happened for a lot of reasons. Uh, John and Chris are great entrepreneurs, great artists, a great team. They have a great life with God, and they happen to have a project. It's a fantastic illustration of what it looks like uh, to walk with other people, with God, unto the creation of, uh, in fact, a culture that then creates products. This is a really fun conversation. Lots to be had here on how wild God can be, and then uh, some very practical takeaways on what do you need to really prioritize in your own life in order to be the person and be the team that actually is positioned to change the world. You guys will dig it. Thanks for coming on the show this morning.
2: Thank you very much.
1: It's funny, I actually... As we were chatting before this, said I was going to open with a particular question, but then looking at you, a different question came to mind, which is: you're sitting in a room full of really interesting objects. Uh, if you were to sort of look around the space you're in, which of these is, would you say, is most representative of kind of what you're about? I mean, there's so much weird stuff. There's a painting. There's a bust. Of is that Beethoven? Mozart, maybe.
2: Beethoven. So um, I'm looking around, and you probably can't see it on camera, but I have a sign over here that says, and it's it's a quote from Blaise Pascal, the heart has its reasons of which reason knows nothing. Um, And uh, I would say everything about our story that we're likely to talk about today really started, um, at least with me and with John, at about the same time, where sort of the, the message that we got first out of wild at heart and then working together and all that jazz, it was really that, that awareness that God speaks into our heart, that he might have some crazy sauce things to say. Um, but you roll with the wild goose and you go places that are unbelievably fun. Um, they seem literally impossible and, and yet he just has this great way of opening doors that you didn't know existed. And so, when I think about, I mean, that that question's really interesting, and, and I'm looking around at a room full of little symbols like that, but this message of, of living from your heart, from a full, alive, passionate heart, is probably the most tight way to say, I think, what's driven us for 15-plus years.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like, I'm just looking at, we're in Chris's place, Chris's house, because we had to sneak out of the busy office, but our house is the same way, and... You know, Christine, my wife, and my two kids, Natalie and August. It's Our house is like a museum of the heart, I guess. Yeah, yeah it really is. Um, pictures, quotes, um, mementos, you know, China, whatever that is, of, of God's adventures and just sonship. Um, so,
3: yeah. That's so good. So we do need to begin back with at least where we know. Um, and we got to hear a little bit of your story. We met face to face a couple of weeks ago. Um, there's there's threads and pieces i want to I want to pick up. Um, but the question Blaine told you he was going to ask you first, uh, that we will that we now will ask you is, Chris and John, how did you guys end up on this particular project that is Soma games and this red wall? Single game series of games. I don't know that I know the answer to that. Tell us this a little bit of the backstory there.
0: Well, can I say the first time I well, i would met Chris once before, um, in like a meeting, but this the time that I really remember meeting him was he had a Batman
3: cape on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, give me more context. Was this just something he wears around <laughs> the house? Worry,
2: <sighs> um, this was at the boot camp meeting right up in the fire station. No, this was at boot camp and i
0: outside <laughs> actual camp. outside the clubhouse in the, uh, washington family ranch
2: so um so i i attended um a boot camp and uh, i got really excited about it and i offered anything i could do to help um just i wanted to be a part of what was going on and at that point um i think officially i was helping with the website and unofficially we had this weird idea that i could be kind of part of a stealth prayer team during events and so the notion was but, to kind of mingle with everybody instead but, of being all shadow warrior. But that wasn't communicated to the prayer team. The
3: prayer team didn't know anything about it.
2: So what, what so part of wearing idea. a
3: cape smacks of blending in?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain that. So this is just Chris. Um, Chris will, will apparently uh, appear in masks and in capes from time to time. <laughs> um, and uh, just for dramatic effect. Um, and so I think going to men's camp in a batman mask in cape because i had the mask too i had the mask yeah wow and uh this halloween outfit for like six-year-olds um and it was just fun to walk around in that and i think i introduced myself hey i'm the boot camp
0: batman or
3: something oh the prayer
0: team kind of we watched him very carefully like is this guy a threat (laughs) One of our leaders like never told us that he was coming, and so I was leading the prayer team. This is the Boot Camp Northwest prayer team, and I was leading the prayer team at the time. and we are kind of like under the radar, and this guy shows up and tells you this. And I look at Jason, who's kind of like you know second in command and such, and I'm like, watch this guy
2: closely. <laughs> this is like a psycho? So that was how we met. And I will say, like one of the the, the outgrowth of that was. The first time I'd ever gone through that exercise about hearing your new name from God, like that whole idea, um, Batman was a huge part of that image. And it was this notion of being dangerous for good. Right. Um, and that that particular line from the book struck me so wonderfully. And uh, and in a way, Batman kind of captured that thought for me really well. Um, and uh, it became kind of catalytic. But it was both, it was fun and exciting at the same time. Like, I'm happy to make fun of myself and just, you know, If I can get a laugh at my expense, I'm more than happy to do that.
1: That is so amazing. Inauspicious beginnings to foreshadow greatness. (laughs) Because somehow in spite of this, you do end up working together. And there's kind of this fascinating project universe surrounding uh, the current iteration Soma Games. Where did your relationship with... Redwall start let's start there
2: uh, Okay So I think with Redwall I'll, I'll, I'll just briefly go John and I uh, We made friends through Bootcamp Northwest and then uh, continued to work As Soma Games As a, as a thought um, Was first birthed really shortly after that In 2005 it was just really on paper And there were some fun experiences But we didn't have a game uh, Or any code until 2009 and I was um, a fish biologist at and, the time. Yeah, so John was counting fish. I was counting fish.
0: Yes. So, I didn't even I wasn't even marketing at the time doing marketing.
2: Um and as a matter of fact, you were interviewing at Ransomed Heart for I don't know if you, if the position was defined, but you were you were talking to them, they were talking to you, and so there was this thing on your radar like maybe maybe there was something you could do to work right. with them. Right. Um and at that point, um I think, I think Papa had mentioned like that he wanted me to talk to John about this, about Soma, but I had to wait until everything sort of sorted out at Ransom Park, whatever shape that took. And so I'm, I'm sort of on pause waiting for that to, to decide. And in the end that didn't go forward.
1: I'm sorry. I'll be a week or two. After that. When you say yeah. Papa, do you mean God, the father? I do. Or is there someone else that you were talking to?
2: No, I mean, God, the Papa, father. Okay. And so once once you came back from from that and things had settled a little bit, that's when I think I first started inviting you into Soma Games. Yeah, it was like October 2008. Yeah, right. Soma, as a as a concept, was formed uh, under this idea of so two big principles of beauty and rest as being kind of pillars that we wanted to to work on, but there was this weird idea about making mainstream video games um, that sort of had latent Christianity, and so. Uh, we go back. We keep calling ourselves the C.S. Lewis of video games, and that's worked really well for investor pitches and stuff. But it, it does sum up a lot about what the mission is. Um, come forward into two thousand eleven, and uh, and we've been we've been working. We've been learning the craft. We've been working mostly on mobile games. And I get this call from a fella um, who's a friend of a friend, who apparently has landed the whole Red Wall, like master license, um, and. At the time, I didn't know what Redwall was, um, but, but someone in the know would say that that was an enormous feat because people had been trying to license this property for films and, and anything for decades, um, but the author just wouldn't deal with anybody. Um, so so this, this other gentleman finally got, uh, got a license, and, uh, and he called, he'd called us largely to make just a small little mobile support game um it was it was more of a marketing project than than anything meaningful i was just waiting for more details so i'd had the first call it's you know get back to me with some more stuff about budget and scope and that sort of thing um and then i i let it drop and i i'd never heard of redwall so i'd just hear there's mice there's swords i'm sure we can make something um and i'm waiting for details and then a couple of days later john writes in because he's had a dream i want you to take that oh boy I think this is the first time we've publicly talked
0: about this. We can talk about it. It's cool. All right. So I didn't know anything about Redwall, um, and I was doing all the marketing and uh, kind of team building at, at, the, at the Soma games. And had we done the Xbox for G Prime yet? So yep. it was mostly mobile games. And I had this dream about doing this mouse game, uh, Brian Jake's. Uh, Redwall, and I woke up, and I'm like, this is crazy. What is this thing? Like, And I, I actually email Chris and ask him, are we doing a game for Redwall? And he goes, no, but I i haven't told you, but I've been talking to some folks about this. So I actually Googled it, and that was the night that Brian Jakes had passed away. That was the night he died. Uh,
3: for you listening, t- Brian Jakes is the, the author and creator of Redwall.
0: Correct, yeah, correct. Yeah. I
2: still don't know what to do with all that i do i mean <laughs> like it's a, it's like one of kind of providential moments like what however someone wants to interpret that like they, it for us it was a signal that there was something really important to pay attention to here. true um
0: well and at times of trial and and real uh i guess uphill challenges we can look back at that and and think okay that had to have some significance. Let's push forward. Yeah. So I think we've had a couple times like that. Okay.
3: Okay. 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 Hang on. Hang on. This is already, (laughs) this is already so wild that most people are going to be going, you seem to not be concerned with the pieces that are building the hole here. Like you tell me that somebody called you and they, there's mice, there's swords, and you're like, "Yeah, I can work with that, like, even just that little those ingredients to me are odd. Throw in the I have a dream about this thing that I'm unfamiliar with. It happens to be the same day that the author dies, okay, what like did you just pull that out of like something that Joseph did like what you wait whoa whoa whoa, whoa, but there's something to your story at this point where you are clearly. Unconcerned with the formula needing to make sense, when you you've already brought to us Batman costume, counting fish <laughs> equals video game company, and most exactly. people most people would kind of go, I, you know, I just that's not like a one plus one equals two thing to me, but clearly no. there's, there's been something of your story where you go, I want to learn what an open door or an invitation actually looks like. It might. Not actually have posts and a handle. It might be a call about mice and swords and a dream that doesn't make any sense that you go, oh, this smacks of the wild goose.
2: I like to say that the the most important thing I ever learned was to hear God's voice, but that the second most important thing was to listen, like to actually obey it. Right. There's the invitation when you're maybe new to that idea because it feels really risky, like, okay, there's this whatever, the still small voice, the weird coincidence, whatever, whatever shape it takes. But there's that ring in your heart that's like, nope, that's not a normal dream. Nope, that's not a normal coincidence. Like That's something special. And I, and I think that there's always a long series of choices that you can lean in, or you can pull the ripcord, man. Like, like that's too weird. Um, I, I can't see that. How, how could that possibly mean anything? Or or whatever, just to, just to be incredulous, right? I nope, that that kind of stuff just doesn't happen. Not gonna do it, Mister. But you, you mentioned that that question, Blaine, about like what what sort of characterizes our story? And it this idea of like leaning into the heart, leaning into the crazy things that, that Papa's gonna ask us, invite us into. Dude, we could spend four hours, and I'm not exaggerating, just relating crazy stories about Soma that don't make any sense. And they're, they're certainly like, we've got these great stories around Redwall, but that's not the only thing. Soma's whole foundation was this ridiculous supernatural experience that went over several days. You can read about it on our website. It was, it was redonkulous, all the little coincidences that lined up that first day experience of how Soma games was founded, set a tone for everything. And, and we have, we have dozens of, of places where we made major million dollar decisions because God gave us a dream. Because um, you know, it's, it's things like people walk in the shop and and uh, and you hire them just because God said so, um, and they turn out to be fantastic. We uh, we were delivered from a really bad business deal because there was a demon in this guy, and uh, and he wanted to invest money. This is one of my favorite stories. Can I tell a story?
1: Yeah, please.
2: Okay. So uh, so this was this was actually early on in in, uh, in the Red Bull license, and uh, and we were we were considering investors. And this one fella had courted us, been super encouraging. He had the money, he had the connections, he had he had publishing contacts. It was gonna look like a really great deal. And then at the last sort of like like a final meeting before we're ready to sign, I happen to be in San Francisco, and we can meet the guy face to face. And I bring along my buddy Ryan Green, um, who's also a game designer. If you guys have ever heard of That Dragon, Cancer, um, he was the guy. He, he used to work at Soma, and he made that game. Him and his wife Amy. Um, anyways, he was in town. So we, we just had, uh, we just had lunch with this fella and this is supposed to be a get down to details business meeting, but guys, he sits down and it was as if like some angel just like spread his lips and pulled his tongue out because for the next hour and a half, he just started talking and never stopped about all of this crazy, like cultish, weird demon stuff. And he just ran his mouth constantly. And he's like – he just was just vomiting all this crazy stuff that's going on in his head, the cult he's involved in, and this weird secret society stuff in Indonesia, in like Prince Caspian 557 who's like the, 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 the Magdalayan prophecy who's put all the – king. it was still craziest stuff, all black helicopters and everything. And, uh, and at one point, Ryan's like, do you know that we're Christians? And the guy goes, yeah. He says, do you know that you're actually describing the Antichrist? And he says – no, that's fantastic. And then he just keeps going, and it, it went on for I think ninety minutes. And then finally, he stops. He kind of smacks his lips a little bit, like like his mouth is dry. And suddenly, his eyes change, and he realizes he's been revealed. It was this weirdest moment where, like, his eyes changed into human again, for lack of a better word. And he's like, "Oh no, I just blew the deal." And we never saw him again. Like he just kind of got up. <laughs> We're like. Okay, bye now. <laughs> so, like, don't
0: take this guy's buddy. It was pretty obvious. It was nuts.
3: What on earth,
0: guys? Seriously, like, we have four hours of those kind of stories, so, which is so fun. By the which way, which is so fun. I mean, I think I go back to like what your dad has and and the and the Ransom Heart team kind of opened up for both of us. Just this ability to follow Jesus like Jesus you know the way he walked the disciples everything that was done in in uh, in the bible is not exceptions but a rule of this is how life is and the more we embrace that the more exciting and crazy and cool life is yeah. and and honestly safe i would say safe as in i know i know god has so good thing such good things for us but if i was to not live like this i know what life would be like and it wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be safe. It wouldn't be um,
2: wouldn't be thrilling for long. Well, the funny thing is you might not know the difference. You might think it's safe. Right. But you just wouldn't know any different. I don't know. It's been long enough now I don't remember what it was like before yeah. this. Yeah,
0: he Chris was saying that at our last boot camp. Like, we really don't. Yeah. Uh,
3: the entrance to the tunnel is too many twists and turns back to see at this point. Oh, guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Basically, when you stop putting major limitations on reality
1: and just... Take it as it presents itself. These experiences multiply, and it is just that fascinating thing. I can't remember if it's the percentage of the narrative or the text itself in the Bible, but like a one of those, a third has to do with a dream, like thirty-five ish percent on this article I read, and it was like, really? wow, okay, yeah, actually go through and just look for where dream is the channel through which. God chooses to communicate, and you go, "Oh, this is super normal." The number of stories that I could share that where M and I, the decisive thing has been uh, a hunch in a dream, a warning in a dream, a confirmation in a dream, a weird dream that we don't know what to do with, that we go talk to someone about, and it opens this door. And it was, "Oh, that was just that was just the talking point to get this introduction." It seems really playful. It is really playful. So take me back just a little bit. You had this idea of beauty and rest and that those were baked into the beginning of uh soma games why did you converge on those things as what you wanted to build and then and how do you accomplish them yeah what does that look like
2: beauty is probably easier uh to talk about so one thing that is i think i think really special about games as a product um and by extension the kind of the 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 corporate culture you build is that we have so many different creative disciplines going on at one time. It's it's illustration, it's painting, it's three D, it's music, it's acting. It's like there's a, a huge variety of creative enterprises. You know, and, and for me, like writing is my favorite piece—just the dialogue and the script and the lore. And so we have all of these creative people, um, and and I think I, I think lots of people have made an observation that says something like within the church especially in the Protestant church, um, beauty and art, they haven't known where to go. And, and, I, and I would say that's largely from kind of the the notion that there's such an emphasis on doctrine um, and pure doctrine, sola scriptura, all that, that anything that has an element of mystery to it, or that might be misinterpreted or misunderstood, or that asked questions instead of offering answers. In all those places, art doesn't know where to fit, I think, in a lot of places in the Protestant church. And so for me... Uh, I have a lot of creative ideas, uh, you know, I, I, writing just happens to be the most current, but I like to draw, I like to act. Um, and so it's really precious to me. Um, and I didn't grow up in the church. And so I didn't, and so I, I, I enjoyed all those things for, for decades. Um, and, but then found that the church didn't know what to do with them. But in gaming, it feels like a nice place to put these things together. Um, and then we can really focus on, on creating beauty for beauty's sake through artistic expression. Um, This idea that, that uh, beauty, I think as the, um, as a reflection of God, like, so Plato talking about good and beautiful and true, right? Um, Beautiful, I think was, which is something that really, that really resonates with me for, for lots of reasons. And I, we've got all these quotes, you make the quotes, you know, you know, beauty piercing the heart and and et cetera, et cetera. But I like this notion that, uh, that, perhaps beauty is unique in it it is deliberately unfunctional and it's when, in fact when it becomes functional you, you've objectified it yeah. so that is something that's that is just sort of the flag that I think that God asks us to, to carry um, and rest is similar in that regard like it's kind of very countercultural right now um, you know this is the ideas of Sabbath and going at a slow pace um, unplugging from the world your guys you know one minute pause, I want to say it's a message, but I don't want to, I'm not trying to turn it into a doctrine here. I'm just saying like that idea of living and leaning into rest feels so important, mm-hmm. perhaps in this season, maybe, maybe right now it's timely. Um, it's, it is timeless, but it seems certainly important right now. And, and I, I don't know that we, so you asked like, how did we settle on those? And I, And I think to be accurate, Soma's name, Soma's logo, Soma's mission, I do not feel that we picked on those things. I feel that those were assigned to us. Now, I embrace them, um, but uh, but it wasn't something like we thought about it and like, well, what about this? What about that? That's not how, really how it worked. It sort of downloaded suddenly as a as a vision, for lack of a better word. And, uh, and we could have turned away or changed it, but we've instead tried to lean into it and digest it. As you were
0: explaining that, I look at the game development culture and it's contrary to both of us. Yeah. And especially rest. Uh, we talk to studio folks that, you know, Christians are in larger studios. And this idea of crunch is huge right now where, uh, you know, the shareholders are demanding even more profits and more turnout. And so you have uh, in the video game development culture, people working around the clock, not, like, just, literally. not just for certain projects, but all year. And so people are burning out, families are being destroyed and, And for us, this is a, as you were describing the rest piece, um, you guys know Aaron McHugh, um, Aaron and Chris and I, we know each other, but Aaron, I was really inspired when he decided to take a, his micro adventures on Fridays. And, and the Lord really put it on my heart to put aside Fridays. And I tried, kept trying to do that in the companies I was working for. And it always got taken away or I didn't fight for it enough. And I, when I, this last time I came back to Soma, that was one of the pieces I said, I've got to do this. And it has returned so much, not just my heart, my family, but also Soma, because it's out of rest. So many good things come, the, the new ideas come. I look at a white wall and I get a new marketing idea or a new um, like mentorship idea for the company. And I think... Instilling that as a culture, not just in our own practices, but in the people that we're, are working for us, it changes a lot. Yeah, And they're kind of shocked at first because you're like, you're not wanting me to work, you know, Saturdays and Like, yeah. so go <laughs> home. <laughs> no. In fact, that's a command.
2: Go yeah. home. Yes. You are <laughs> ordered to rest. Crunch is an interesting thing because uh, it, it, it has become the norm in, in the game space um, and, uh, and it's, it's 80 or 100 hour weeks for sometimes years at a time. And so you, it's created this really interesting demographic thing where you have a, a bunch of young people who are all full of energy and can't wait to work in gaming and then you have 50, 60 year olds in upper management and you have basically nothing in the middle because it is, it is so impossible to have a typical life, right? Just with, with, with a wife and kids, it's, it's, it's impossible. Um, and so people burn out or leave, um, for the, for the most part, so you have this enormous attrition rate. I I swear there's gotta be a ministry just for people in the industry who burned out, um, just to take care of them. They're broken. They're, they're fried. Their adrenal glands are smoked. So it, Now we're not the only people talking about this, but we're, but we are approaching it, I think from a, from a spiritual perspective, as opposed just to a kind of a social good perspective, both are legit, but we're definitely in the minority. Um, in fact, we had a, an interesting conversation uh, a while back with with a fellow who was a Christian inside of a major studio talking about crunch, and he was he was reflecting on another person on his team who was also a Christian, who wanted to take Sundays off, and and the gentleman made made this comment. He says, "You know, the problem is I didn't think that was a very good witness for this young man because he took Sunday off, which made the rest of us have to work harder," and I. I was like, "What? Like, did you just say that?" And this was the leader. He was dead serious too. Yeah, this was a lead. Yeah, he he was the one, like a senior, a senior guy. Um, and and it's not to poke fun at the guy, but it it says how deeply this kind of broken culture has has moved in. Um, and just that's just one thing in gaming that that really needs redemption. That really needs just a different voice. Um, it's it's funny talking about about this because. I, when, when Soma was delivered, uh, when it started, whatever you want to call it, um, I had assumed that it would be the products that that were sort of the vehicle, right? Like we would make some game that told some fun story or whatever, and, and people would be moved by that. But that has never, ever been the case. It is – like from day one, God has really used Soma to influence people as in, – both our story individually, our, our story corporately, and it's been very personal – and the products are just a business card right they 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 might open a door, start a conversation um, but I, I don't actually know that anyone has has made a comment to us about like wow that story really moved me. Um, so well, it's, it's always it's about funny. yeah it's always about the culture
0: and in fact, this is funny uh yesterday, we have a mailman, and we've had several male or male women whatever yes the person's male delivery. <laughs> that we they come in and uh wednesdays we have this time we call jesus time and it's where we we do some worship music but then we present like a video or or a podcast and then we talk about it and so the the delivery person walks in and we usually offer him a donut because we have donuts too donuts and jesus go really
2: well together it's like you need. it is
0: <laughs> and so over the years we've had uh delivery like u.s. PS delivery people like look at us strange and some like the donuts and some run. This guy, though, has really kind of been drawn to us and he came in yesterday and goes, What are you guys doing tomorrow on Friday? Like, uh, <laughs> we're working here. And he goes, Can I come hang out with you for the day? I've got the day off and I'd, I'd really like to. And <laughs> I look around at the team and like, Sure, man. I don't know if he knows what he's getting himself into, but that's kind of what
2: happens to
3: us all the time i love the emphasis on it's not just about the product you're putting out there it's about all the things that are going on behind the scenes that like that is actually where life is lived and culture is developed and the market would say no keep pumping that stuff out but actually you're you're killing people in that machine and i just oh it, it i i get it i get it why the usbs guy is like this is the smelling salt. Like, can I come just sit yeah. here? Like, I want to be in this space. Yeah. You do, however, no. You are running a video game company, right? We, so, like, it's are. not we, just. I think you're. I think you're. <laughs> earlier, we'd be remiss not to touch a little bit about on on the actual product side. You mentioned that you want. You call yourselves the Lewis of the video game world or you try to go in with that we're in the mainstream, but we're bringing these, these worldviews, these values, these ways of telling story. Um, I know that this is, this is a tension that a lot of young guys ask themselves. I've asked myself, um, whether you are a barista or an artist, there's this tension of how, how am I bringing Jesus to the world? is it the Martin Luther side where I'm just going to be the best at whatever it is I'm doing. And I hope that my life will be enough of a smelling salt that it'll be alluring to other people. Or do I need to be jamming in these illusions, these metaphors that are clearly of the sacrificial Christ in order for myself to be living out as a Christian. Like there's this, this tension playing out over and over again in people's lives. I know that, For the guys that feel like they have to live, like, just be the best at whatever it is you're doing, that can feel like not enough. I've had lots of conversations where they're like, yeah, but then I'm just living like everybody else. And how am I guaranteed to be bringing the smelling salt type life? And for the people that feel the need to bring these metaphors, it can feel like trying to sometimes jam these square pegs through circular holes to make it fit. And you get this whiplash effect on like, well your story or your craft was going this way, you made a canoe and then you put a cross on it. Like what right. Why that doesn't that feels a little bit of like a slap at the end. And sometimes, okay, like for the if that company actually exists, I bless you. I don't actually want an email from a canoe company. But (laughs) you guys are telling stories, right? Like the video game world forty years ago could maybe just be an a repetitive action or an adventure. But these days whether it's a first person shooter or a puzzle, it has to tell a story. And so I imagine that you're wrestling with this, this tension of how do we bring it? How do we, how do we live? And obviously we all kind of the four of us at least share the same uh, bias that there's one really, really good story and all other stories are kind of mirrored off that. And so maybe you guys, Whole, i'm i'm speculating and would love to hear how you guys walk out that tension
2: because redwell isn't our ip in other words like we are we are incredibly blessed to have this place where we get to tell stories in someone else's world which is which is great but it has it has forced some constraint on what we can do and 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 for me um my writing like you just said that that tension my writing will tend towards the ham-fisted. Um, I, I try to be too melodramatic, too symbolic. Like, that's just the way that I'm sort of like, likely to write. The writing tends to be a little bit more mm-hmm. heavy-handed in that regard. Um, and I think this is a, a maturity and skill question also. But Red Bull provided um, a constraint that we couldn't overdo that. For one thing, we have oversight from the publisher, um, so they have to review everything. Um but that turned out I think to be really, really good. Um it 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 leaned into more subtlety, less allegory, um, more Tolkien, less Lewis. Um, and uh and exploring themes from a from a little bit higher elevation. Um so there's there's a there's certainly a development that we're working on there. Um now that said, we are deliberately making myth as opposed to a barista. Like I'm not deliberately making coffee. And so you know, I've, I've been kind of working on this thesis here about like, what, what is the, what is arts nature in the kingdom? Um, and what does it, what does it do? And, and I noticed that biblically, we know the names of almost zero artists. Uh, we have the guys with the Holy spirit and the tabernacle beginning. Oh, really, who really yeah. Yeah. So we know their names. Um, but that's about it. Um, uh, I don't, think that that diminishes art but it makes me think that the, the the culture that celebrates artists as as like some some vessels of of divine uh, nature i don't know that that part's biblical but that the work itself um you know it can stand on itself as beautiful it can also stand i think as uh, to cast a vision uh, i think which is a, a huge thing there's this notion like no revolution ever existed without an artist um, you know that that Art has this ability to transmit vision, whether that's through a song or a painting or a, or a sculpture, um, of what things could be. Um, and when I think about you know, uh, people without vision, wander or perish, mm-hmm. um, art has that way of saying, this is what it could be. This is what heaven could look like. This is what, this is what a free society could look like. This is what, you, know, you think about Martin Luther, dream, Martin Luther King and his dream, like, it's all about vision. And, uh, and I think art has a real role there. And we are deliberately engaging in that, right? Um, so so in that regard, it, it's a little bit different, I think, than making a canoe. Um, actually, I think it's a lot different. Um, not that it's better. It's just a different role.
0: I would even say, I was thinking about the canoe again. Um, whatever your craft is, and it could be a barista. I was, one of my first jobs was a barista in downtown Portland, right next to the um, Arlene Schnitzer Hall. Or is it Solar Arlene? I don't know. It's a place where all the operas and the big shows would come. And I loved it. Connection is one of my things. I love to connect with new people. I love to just you know hear their stories and tell stories. And so I got to make you know espressos and lattes for these folks coming out of the, the shows every evening on Friday and Saturday nights. And just showing up and being myself was a craft. And uh, we just watched a video by Sean Boltz. Um, A pastor talking about human connection, how God uses us if we fully show up in person, how much more we can impact somebody if we're in actual, rather than over phone, but in person. And the more we are ourselves and who God created us to be, the greater impact we can have on somebody. And it actually changes them physically and mentally and for the better. And so I see... The, the games, the craft, everything we're doing at SOMA is just a way of God getting us in front of folks to say, hey, you can do whatever God tells you you, you could do, and it's possible. And we hear that all the time. Like, because you guys stepped out there and did it, I'm going to do something, whether that's sculpting or yeah. becoming a mechanic, I mean, whatever it is. It's like it gives them permission. Like, you went first, and and you didn't die. Yes. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> Or compromise. Or compromise. I guess, yeah. Or you didn't compromise. And I guess it gives people hope. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. I agree.
1: This is a little bit of a side point, but just hearing the stories of the creation of this company and watching you guys interact, first, how long have you actually worked together?
0: So 2005? Well, that's when we met.
2: Um, We started working at Bootcamp immediately.
0: Yeah. And then we started working on SOMA. So the, 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 the story with me joining SOMA was like, we didn't have a game yet. Chris couldn't pay me. That's right. And so I was still, I was, uh, my title was a conservation biologist at the time. I was making uh, conservation maps, uh, really cool maps. But I had also started doing marketing for the, the conservation company I was with. And so Chris and I just started moonlighting at, the, at night you know, doing marketing, getting interviews and those kind of things about 2008. So I, that's when we started, like, doing, like,
2: uh, I guess the work together. Yeah. It's about 10 years. Yeah. And so in and out between ministry and Soma and Code Monkeys, like, we've been uh, we've been tight for 13, 15 yeah. years.
0: I mean, this is kind of weird how tight it is because every day uh, when I, I, drove, I drive up to Newburgh from where I live about an hour away, uh, three days a week. And so I show up at Chris's place at about eight o'clock and we just hang out, pray, talk, strategy, you know, do some strategy, but just do life together for an hour before we head into the office.
2: And Christine thinks that I'm your girlfriend.
0: Yes. My wife, my wife says, you're going <laughs> to go see your girlfriend today. So there's that.
1: So in view of that, are there a particular the, a The time, you think not of? the girlfriend thing? Yeah. That's, <laughs> well, that too, uh, what kinds of things would you guys point to that make you an effective team, have made it possible to work on projects long-term together?
2: It's, it's one thing, I think, to come to a conclusion that I can hear God's voice and act on it. It's a different step to believe with faith that John also hears God's voice mm-hmm. and, to, and to be able to, to trust through that. Um, so it's like, I'm comfortable at this point if, if John says, well, I heard God say this and I'm like, okay, instead of having to hear it myself, for example, um, like not that I'm against confirmation, but trust in that, that, that we're all, you know, hearing from the Papa, that we're all kind of on the same page. We've probably had lots of situations where John would get some piece of it. Randy would get some piece of it. I'd get some piece of it. We kind of compare notes and, uh, and we're like, Hey, this is what we think God's saying. There's that sort of deference, I think, to one another that becomes very effective because there's a whole, you know, two spirits are better than one sort of a thing and, and three and five and 15 is even better still.
0: And I would, I, I totally agree with that. I also think that becoming uh, masters at the craft is another. Um, early on, I think we made some financial decisions that were just poor decisions because we were green and we didn't know any better. Um, I I had to step away from uh, SOMA a couple times just because of finances and go do uh, jobs, you know, work at other places. But as I did that, I became I, – I, I got to know marketing the best I possibly could. Um, finances, money, uh, doing budgets, um, handling, you know, HR problems. And then bringing those back to SOMA, and I think at the same time, you know, Chris is writing executive summaries in his sleep. So, these kind of things, you know. Yes, you walk with God, but you come with that, with the idea like, yes, I want to be excellent in my craft because anything less would be, uh, would be horrible, um, because this is God's. Yeah, it you can't not coast. Ours.
2: That that's a great point. Like you can't just say like, well, God's in it, and so I get to coast and don't show up and I don't have to work hard. Yeah, like uh, that whole like the war horses are prepared for battle, but the glory belongs to the Lord. Like there's been a lot of war horse preparing, a lot of homework, a lot of hard work. Um, yeah, it's at God's call. um, But we have to hustle. There's been a lot of hustle.
3: I'm so struck by the fact that I went into this conversation expecting a, a, like a list of some, some ninja tips on how to, do art and engage what is a very market driven world as a Christian. And instead, I've gotten a glimpse into the extreme importance of the back end of the of the culture, of the choices, of the learning to hear and then listen and follow the voice of God and like it's so much better. I'm so glad that this is the way the conversation has gone because it's revealing that like I want I want you to tell me like hey so how do we go do this thing? Cuz the thing is the front end and the thing is the product and instead we've got 45 minutes of actually it's the back end and it's the cultivation Dreams. and it's the it's the culture you create and how you steward it and and you hustle and you and like you guys and you young guys that are listening that's a really good takeaway from this episode. Like if that's if that's the takeaway, go back and listen again.
0: No, that's so good, Sam. Um something that we saw early on, this is really early on is uh, we had a friend um Don, Donovan Robertson, he's a common friend with JD and I. Um he gave us a tour at Zappos and when he was the culture king at Zappos. Yeah. And so, you know, the Zappos thing is like your culture is your brand. And so we got to see behind the scenes and tour the culture school and tour Azapos. Zappos. We came away from that and it really made us think because um, you can say your culture is this, your culture is that and you can you know put that on banners and your website and, and, and all your videos. But if people dig in and they find out that culture is not true, you you crash. And I see you see that in brands all the time. And so, I would say for Soma, that's that's key. Like we really we take it so seriously. Like if we see something in each of our lives that's not matching up to what our values are, uh, we have freedom to call each other on it because um, because it will come out eventually. Yeah.
2: And and that's that's something we really take to heart. There's a. I think probably just in the last six months, one of the things that has come to real clear is to have outside people sort of witness witness the way that we run the company, the way that we go from day to day and come away thinking like, What in the world are you people doing? I've never seen anything like this and and for me, I'm like, well like I said like you're you're in it right it's like the the fish in the fish water like i don't I don't even know what you mean, but then the reflection from people like Jamie and samantha um they're outside view on some of this culture has been super clarifying for one thing um
0: it's convicting too because then you're like you know your secrets and so yeah if there's things in your life that are not pleasing to god you go back to the throne real quickly you're like okay okay god because this is real i've got people looking at me yeah or looking at us i want to be walking purely with you um and that's i i
2: for me that's 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 big yeah it's really big there's a, there a thought. Um, Dwenin says this all the time. I, he's quoting somebody. It may even be John Elders. I don't even know where this comes from. It's probably but he Sam. He keeps Elders. saying this idea. One man's glory. This probably
0: Sam. It was probably Sam.
2: Yeah. You're probably right.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> but keep going, um, so. He
2: always says, One man's glory doesn't diminish another man's glory. I, I don't remember where that's from. But I think uh, it was Barclow. Is it Barclow? I don't know. Anyways, what I love about that quote is so going back to one of the ways that John and I and Randy work really well together, I think is. Is that recognition of the gifts that God is putting in the other people, and uh, and then deferring to those? Like I don't have to be in charge of all the things. I want to, you know, different parts of the body do different things, and uh, and really believing in that at a core level and respecting that is enormously productive. Um, and that's not just about delegation. That's about respect and it's about kingdom virtue. I think.
3: Chris, John, you guys, so good, so good. Thank you for the stories and I think displaying what it's like to put in miles in the right arena to be more concerned with culture and following God than results on paper because it sets a really good example for young guys, myself included, that can tend to look at it the other way around. So love it. Love the stories. Know that there are... Hours and days more worth of them. <laughs> um, I look forward to the time that we get to hear those too. One last thing for the guys that are listening and interested in knowing more, where should they go if they want to find out more about SOMA games and what you guys are up to in the uh, more production side of your lives? Yeah,
0: so if they just want to look at like the SOMA story, um, we've got part one and part two on there. Chris is supposed to be writing part three. Any minute now. And uh, that's on somagames.com, and all of our social uh, accounts were everywhere. No, it's uh Soma games. And then for the Redwall stuff, legends of And, uh, you can find all the game information on there for all the different games.
2: Yeah. There's right now there's two games live. Um, so, uh, the scout is like a adventure game. So if you think like mixed telltale plus Zelda is roughly what you'll get in the scout. So, uh, So there's that and there's Escape the Gloomer, which is an old style text adventure game kind of brought forward. Um, So it's available on Steam, also on mobile and on Alexa, like voice only, which I think is where it really shines. It's like interactive radio drama. Um, And then we're working on more. So so, um, where Scout is currently only available on Steam any minute now, like maybe even by the time you guys release this, it'll be available on Xbox and PlayStation. So real quick here. Um, And then we have a lot of content to make in the next 18 months. So, uh, like, what, seven more episodes plus four smaller games, including VR and AR. So we're kind of just getting started on the Redwall catalog.
3: All while maintaining the culture of rest. Yes. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again.